All right, I want to share two things with you before we jump into this week's episode. The first is that I'll be hosting a free live masterclass on January 17th. This class is for you if you've been struggling with anxiety, panic, and fear for months or years, and you feel like you've tried everything, but you're still struggling. In the class, I'll be teaching you five shifts that you need to make to overcome anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia. And these five things helped me immensely in my own journey, and they were such a key to my own healing. The things I'm going to share in this class will give you so much clarity. They'll help you to get unstuck, and they'll help you to actually take the steps that will lead you to the healing you're so deserving of. Trust me, you don't want to miss it. Okay, the second thing is that the doors to Panic to Peace will be opening on January 22nd. Panic to Peace is my 10-week program where I guide you and support you to create a healthy relationship with anxiety, aka I teach you how to get the thoughts, the symptoms, panic attacks, and fears to stop popping up and making all the decisions for you, and I help you to actually start living your life and experiencing lots more peace, joy, and freedom. And just a heads up, spots are limited this round, and I won't be opening the doors again until September 2024. So if you're ready to reclaim your life and finally create that healthy relationship with anxiety, I want you to jump on the waiting list and you'll get early access to the program as well as a really special discount. Okay, for all the info on both of these and to sign up or get on the waiting list, simply head to the link in the show notes. Welcome to a Healthy Push Podcast. I'm Shannon Jackson, former anxiety sufferer turned adventure mom and anxiety recovery coach. I struggled with anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia for 15 years. And now I help people to push past the stuff that I used to struggle with. Each week, I'll be sharing real and honest conversations along with actionable and practical steps that you can take to help you push past your anxious thoughts, the symptoms, panic, and fears. Welcome. You're right where you're meant to be. Okay, let's talk about some mistakes you might be making while working to heal from anxiety, panic disorder, and agoraphobia. And I have to say, it was really hard to shorten this list to just five. I really thought of so many of the mistakes that I made on my own journey, and I also thought of the mistakes that I see clients and students that I work with making. And I created such a big list, but I've shortened it to just five, and I think these five are the big ones that I see most often, and they are the mistakes that cause a whole lot of harm because they keep you stuck and spinning on this hamster wheel of fear and anxiety. All right, let's jump in because there's so much goodness that I want to get into with these five mistakes. Okay, number one, you're trying to become an expert on anxiety rather than becoming an expert on you. So let me put it out there bluntly. (laughs) You do not heal from anxiety by reading all the books and absorbing all of the information and becoming an expert on all things anxiety. Like, don't get me wrong, understanding and knowledge is super, super helpful. But at a certain point in your recovery journey, you really have to put down the books. You have to stop absorbing all the information that you can get your hands on. You have to stop thinking and believing that everyone can heal you, that your therapist, that your coach, like they can do it all for you. And you really have to make a shift that's going to really help you to heal which is going inward. 
And what I mean by this is you really have to stop running from the pain, right? And start facing it. You have to stop trying to fight anxiety and figure it out. And you have to start allowing and accepting its presence. You have to stop allowing self-doubt to steer the course of your entire life. And you have to begin betting on yourself and taking some really big and scary leaps. And you have to stop beating yourself up and get much better at being compassionate with yourself. And you have to stop constantly going and doing and you got to slow down and get quiet and really start listening to yourself. And of course, when I say stop, it, it doesn't really happen this way, right? It's really hard just to stop doing these things. So what I mean by stopping, right, is you really have to slowly and very consciously and intentionally take lots of small steps that will pull you away from the not so healthy habits. And this is the stuff that I help my clients and my students do. I help them to go inward and really look inward because becoming an expert on you is what leads to the true healing. Like that long-term, feel good, trust yourself and feel safe in your body healing, which is I'm sure what you want, right? The long-term healing that actually sticks around and you don't go a few months and say, oh, things are great, things look great and they feel great and then bam, I'm right back. It feels like where I started. And Of course, I have to say here, I'm not telling you not to educate yourself. I'm not saying don't read anything, don't look at anything, and I'm definitely not saying drop your therapist, drop your coach. However, I am encouraging you to go inward more and really look at how you can build the trust within yourself. And doing this work is really what helps you to see just how much power you hold And oftentimes a really good therapist or a really good coach like myself can help you to do this work. So I want to encourage you here with this first one. Try to do your best to pull away from becoming an expert on anxiety and really start focusing on how can I become an expert on myself. All right, number two, you're forcing yourself to face all of the hard stuff but you're ignoring all the ways in which your nervous system isn't supported. I see this one all the time and it's one of the biggest mistakes that I see people making because, you know, they're making it because they've really been sold on this idea that simply getting out there and facing their fears is the solution to conquering anxiety and panic disorder and agoraphobia. And they've been forcing themselves to do a lot of facing But their nervous system is already so dysregulated and in such a state of fight or flight that it often makes it impossible for them to face the hard stuff. And so just getting out there and forcing yourself to do the things when your nervous system is incredibly overwhelmed and feeling really anxious a lot of the times and experiencing a lot of panic attacks isn't going to be so helpful. So it's important to recognize stress and overwhelm. These are major contributors of anxiety and panic. And these things can lead to a very dysregulated nervous system. Other things that can also lead to a very dysregulated nervous system is simply not taking care of yourself, right? Not having any sort of self-care, not prioritizing sleep, not nourishing your body. Like going back to the basics, right, of taking care of yourself, like These are all things that further dysregulate your nervous system and add to the anxiety that you're already experiencing. So 
when you're just getting out there and you're forcing yourself to face all the hard stuff and do the hard stuff and you feel like why is this not getting better why am I not getting better why does it feel like things are even harder it's likely because your nervous system is really dysregulated and you're not paying attention to those ways in which you can support yourself and your nervous system so it's really important to take a step back and recognize You've got to support yourself. You've got to support your nervous system because until you focus on that stuff and do that work, it's going to make facing the hard stuff dang near impossible. Okay, number three, and this is a big one, you're always analyzing why. Like why you feel anxious, why you had the symptom, why you had the panic attack, rather than accepting its anxiety and then focusing on having a healthy response to it. So a lot of people who struggle with anxiety disorders are really good at analyzing and problem solving and coming up with creative and even effective solutions. But unfortunately with disordered anxiety, these skills are kind of the opposite of handy or helpful. These skills, when you try to apply them to recovery and healing, they actually keep you stuck on this loop of anxiety and fear. But it makes sense, right, that we want to analyze because we're human and we think, if I can just figure it out, if I can just figure out why I feel anxious, why I had the symptom, why I had the panic attack, I can then solve it, right? There's a solution. And we often spend so much time convincing ourselves, I can just figure it out. There's got to be a reason why. But it's so much more helpful when we just recognize anxiety exists and it's popping up to protect us. And if we constantly just try to pick it apart and analyze it, rather than just making space for it and accepting its presence, it's going to continue to pop up and try to protect you. So what I mean by responding to it in a healthy way, right, is actually making space for it. Like I said, actually letting yourself feel it. Actually letting the anxiety be there. And so it's so, so important to get away from analyzing. Not a really helpful skill when it comes to anxiety recovery. All right, number four, you're not giving yourself any grace for feeling anxious. Like I see this all the time. And what I mean by this is you never let it be okay when anxiety pops up. Like even if it makes sense for anxiety to pop up, you're like, nope. I can't feel this. I shouldn't be feeling this. Why am I feeling this again? What's wrong with me? You jump down all the rabbit holes, right? Which thinking about it logically and rationally when you're calm and not anxious, it just sounds so silly, right? Like why why am I not just letting it be okay that I feel anxious? You know, I say all the time, struggling with an anxiety disorder doesn't mean that you're not allowed to feel anxious. I think we think the goal is always, when you're struggling with an anxiety disorder, the goal is to always not feel anxious. And it's like, how is that realistic or even feasible as a human being? <laughs> like, anxiety is an emotion, right? You are going to feel it. And, and especially in some situations and places, it makes sense that you feel anxious. Like, maybe for you... Historically, it's always been hard to be in crowded places, in places that are very overstimulating, like at a concert or in a big mall or crowded events. Or maybe for you, it's really, it's always been anxiety producing for you to present in front of people. You know, this is something for me. No, thank you. Get up in front of a room of 100 people. 
I will not enjoy any second of it. Or just when you're doing something that you don't often do, right? Like flying on an airplane, you know, or heck, flying and traveling can be an anxiety producing in and of itself because it's stressful. Like there's so much about flying and traveling that's stressful. So what I'm saying here is you've got to give yourself some grace and you've got to let yourself feel anxious, especially recognizing there are many situations and places that it will make sense when anxiety pops up. But I also want to say, even when it doesn't make any sense, even when you're like, I'm just standing in line at the grocery store, I'm just, you know, going to pick up my child from school, like even when it doesn't make any sense for anxiety to be there, logically, it's still okay to feel it. It's still okay to make space for it and let anxiety be there. So you got to give yourself grace. That's such a big one. Okay, number five, you are trying to heal perfectly. (laughs) This was me. All of these were honestly me, but this is another one that I see often. You know, people who are working to recover from an anxiety disorder typically struggle with some perfectionism and perfectionism is a protector. It's just like anxiety. It's trying to protect you from something. And the tricky thing is with trying to heal perfectly is that it's just not really even possible. It's not feasible. You cannot heal perfectly. And when you try to get it all and do it all, quote, right, like maybe you convince yourself, right, I can't do this. I can't do this safety behavior. I shouldn't do this. Or, you know, is this right? Am I responding in the right way? Gosh, how overwhelming, right? And the reality is there is no quote right. There is no step-by-step plan. There is no do it this way and and do this and this and and then you're going to heal. Like you really have to let yourself be human while you're working to heal. You have to let go of perfectionism. You have to really let yourself make mistakes. And that's how you actually heal, is letting yourself just make mistakes, let yourself make decisions. You're not going to make all the right decisions, and that's fine. You will still arrive at a place of healing. And this was so true for me. Like, I went so long trying to do it all perfectly, and when I really looked at, okay, maybe I don't have to do it all perfectly, and how can I sort of throw away this idea that it all has to look a certain way? That's when things started to feel so much easier and that's when I actually started to experience the healing. So I want to share a little story with you because I think it touches on a lot of the things that I've talked about here. And this is from one of my Panic to Be students and she shared this in our private Facebook group and I just loved so much about this. So she shared that she went to a professional hockey game with her family And she said this definitely would have been anxiety producing even before the anxiety disorders started. She said, you know, crowds are hard, stimulating environments are hard. Like these things are often anxiety producing for a lot of people, people who don't even struggle with an anxiety disorder. So she shared with everyone how it went. And she said, was it perfect? No. I had one tab of emergency medicine in my purse and I was with my husband. And while I didn't need the medicine and my husband wasn't aware I was anxious, these are technically two safety reassurances for me. 
I also got out of my row a few minutes early and watched the game from the top in order to avoid the mad dash of people who would push and crowd as soon as the game was over. But you know what? I really don't care that it wasn't, quote, perfect. She goes on to say, so much of traditional CBT therapy can make you feel guilty about not doing everything just so. If you do something, quote, halfway, aka with a safety behavior, you have failed, even if you enjoyed yourself. But what I'm learning is that the most basic part of this process, for her, is recognizing what it feels like to live, while eliminating any shame around what my living looks like. Because the truth is, inside that crowded arena of thousands of people, every single person was carrying something inside of them that they wish was a little different. So there is no perfect anyhow. Here is to living however it looks for you. And gosh dang, (laughs) that makes me emotional just reading it. It is so freaking beautiful. Like we do so much through these healing journeys, convince ourselves that it has to look a certain way and we have to quote, get it right. And it's, it's not about this. It's really learning. We can do this all imperfectly and we can still find joy and happiness and we can still find healing in the process and really eliminating the shame of what it all looks like. And she's so right, right? Like everywhere in everyday life, people are walking around with things that they're struggling with and wish that things looked a little bit differently. And that's okay. That's just the reality of the human experience. And I just thought this was beautiful. I really love how she approached this and just how she handled the anxiety and just so, so good. And I got to throw in a sixth one because I just could not eliminate this one. So here's a little bonus one. You are giving credit to everyone and everything for working through the anxious moments And you fail to recognize and see that you are the one who has always worked through every anxious moment and every panic attack. I think this is so common, right? We give credit like, thank goodness my partner was with me. Thank goodness my mom was with me. Thank goodness someone was available to talk to me on the phone. Thank goodness somebody was with me. You know, thank goodness for I had that safety object. All the things. And we don't recognize, no, like nobody and nothing can work through those feelings for you you have always handled it not your mom not your dad not your spouse not that object you can rely on and trust yourself and you've always been able to handle it on your own and it's so important that you recognize and see you are so freaking strong you are so capable and so powerful and so amazing okay i think this is such a good place to end (laughs) so until next time keep taking healthy action. I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Healthy Push. If you want more, head on over to ahealthypush.com for the show notes and lots more tips, tools, and inspiration that will support your recovery. And if you're hoping for me to cover a certain topic, be sure to join my Instagram community at A Healthy Push and let me know in the comments what you want to hear next.